is good. Hallelujah. Shall we take our scripture reading? We're taking two scriptures today. The first one is Ephesians 1, 3b. Shall we hear the word of God? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Amen. Now we take the second one, which is Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 to 13. As I read, just claim the words for yourself, because these are very powerful blessings. Amen. Shall we go? And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I commanded you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall, you, shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your heads, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be when you come in, and blessed shall, shall you be when you go out. Shall I be hearing some amen, so? Yeah. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. Yeah. They will come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Yeah. The Lord will command the blessings on you in your bands and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself, as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Verse 10. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11, and the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. In the fruit of your womb, in the fruit of your livestock, in the fruit of your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens to give rain to your land and this season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Hey, claim this, oh. And, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. To this year, no borrowing. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Amen. And you shall only go up and not down. Amen. And you shall only go up and not down. Amen. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Which I command you today. Being careful to do them. Amen. Amen. What a powerful word. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his holy word. Amen. It is time to hear the word of God. And the Lord has prepared a special vessel, anointed him to bless our hearts. And it's no other person than our own father, Reverend Dr. Fred Digby. Amen. Church, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Press on. Victory. Truly, the Lord is good. He's giving us another opportunity to be in his presence. Um, today we'll celebrate it looking at Covenant Sunday, looking at some cards that are there. We'll recite some 
or we go through the covenant and a few things. So I will stay through and preach, uh, what senior pastors preach, and then do as much, as much as possible through many of the chapels today. So I'll try and conserve my energy by staying at one place as much as possible. Lord Jesus, we are in your presence. We thank you because we know you are the good God. You brought us from far and near. You've even brought us this far, even in January already. Who are we but for your grace and favor? We have come. Speak to me. Speak that I may speak. And may the words that we hear be words that fall on fertile soil of our hearts. And may it yield fruit unto abundance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This year we're talking about the rooted disciple, which is uh, the theme that we pick. And we share it so that we will work at it through the book of Ephesians, so that together we will grow. As we have said over and over again, we believe that it's a very short book. One of the books that you, you must read in order to say, yes, I've studied it. I know Ephesians. What do we share as a vision? What is the vision of Calvary Baptist Church? Can anybody say it? Can we say it together? All right. It's only those at the front, between the pastors and the deacons. What is it? Oh, we are not even leaking it for them. You see, they are not leaking it, so you can't copy. This is no exam room. And you have not tipped the examiners. So let's go. What's the vision? A vibrant congregation imparting the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right? So we, the world is our focus. John Wesley and the Wesleys used to say, the world is my parish. The whole world is his parish. What is our mission? What are we here purposefully to do? The mission of Calvary Baptist Church is what? All right. Thank you for attempting it. But yesterday, for instance, we saw the inauguration of the basketball court. Uh, it was, uh, and a few other things. Some of you were laughing at me that I, uh, I, I missed the basket. But you were not even here to be laughed at. But the amazing thing is the type of people that came in that we hope to bring in. And that is what it is here for. You bring all kinds of things in so that people will come. And as we fraternize with them, we disciple them, we bring them to know the Lord. So it's not just for, for fun. It is not like you go to a social center and play football, play anything, walk the mountains. Then you sit down there and go and quaff beer. That is different. Anything that we do as a church must have the mission and the vision as a focus. Today we will look at the gospel, sorry, we'll look at the theme for the year. And that theme breaks down into two parts. The book of Ephesians breaks down neatly into two parts. Chapter 1 to 3 talks about something. That is doctrine. What is the doctrine about? The calling of the church or the doctrine of who you are as a member of the church, what God has done for you, what you must know. The calling of the church. But verses 3, that's chapter 1, 2, and 3. The next one, 4, 5, and 6, talks about the conduct of the church or the conduct of believers. So if we are in Ephesians, it's not only theory, theory, you know who you are. If you've gone to the military barracks or you've gone to a, a medical school, if you are a carpenter trained, after the training, you are supposed to go on, field, on the field to show that you are a good, you are a good apprentice, you have all the theory, you can do a good job at plumbing, at carpentry, at medicine, at law, and all of that. And the Bible is the same way. Whatever God has taught you, you must be able to practice it. So the past two weeks, we've been looking at what it is, the blessings that God has given to us. And the reason why 
Paul, or the theme comes from the prayer of Paul is that uh, he, we, we, don't, we don't normally get it. It's difficult sometimes to know what you have. If you have not really worked for something, you don't believe that you have it. But when you have worked for it, and you have it, and somebody is touching it, am I talking practicals? So, when they talk about pension, I heard, uh, if you were here earlier, you heard pastor praying some dangerous prayers, uh, responding to some dangerous, uh, dangerous prayers that uh, Kranchiankra was praying yesterday. Uh, you didn't hear it. Some dangerous prayers that people are praying, some dangerous things on the radio. No, it looks like a country that goes to sleep on a lot of things. Whether we vote, whether people fight in parliament or whatever they do, whether they chop money there, they share, all the allegations, it may not touch many of us. But when you start talking about people and their savings, and they will not get it, then you see the anger boiling in them. All right. Because now you are talking. You are talking about things. Paul will laugh and say, you see, you see, that is why I tell you that if you lay out for yourself treasures on earth, as important as it is, anything can happen to it. Therefore, lay out for yourself treasures in heaven. So as much as you want the treasures on earth, and I'll come to the passage that we read that we're so excited about Deuteronomy. I hope I'll best your Bible before you go today as we look at the context of that. You see, so we are material, we live in this world, and the things that we see, we feel, we touch, are so dear to us. But the things that are eternal, that are outside the world, that are yet to come, we do not think that they are important, and we do not pay any particular attention to it. And so even our behavior, our choices, our language, and everything is muted when it comes to eternal things. Today we'll look at a few things that will remind us as a church how we can get our focus. Now, the scope of the believer's blessing is a title for today's sermon. How far, how wide, how vast is the blessing of God to you? We want to know how much does it cost? What is it like? Before I go there, let me read a passage that I've preached on this before, maybe a long time ago. But let me go back again and read it for you and I to see something. Why Paul prayed that type of prayer. I take this from a book, Expositor's Commentary, and I'll read it almost dito dito. This woman has gone down history as America's greatest miser. Yet when she died in 1916, she left behind an estate worth, I'll keep that amount, I'll tell you later on. When she wanted to eat oatmeal, she ate it cold because she said she could not afford to pay for the heat, the heater, the gas. Her son, her only son, had to suffer amputation because she delayed so long in looking for a free clinic where they will give him free treatment. In the long run, he died after he was amputated. When she was suffering herself and they asked her to drink milk, that could help her. She said she couldn't afford milk and therefore she could only drink water and skim milk. She went on and on and on, and that was her lifestyle, and everybody believed that she was a very poor widow that needed help. To the extent that even if you gave her the help, because she wasn't sure it was coming again, she would economize it. Then, as the inevitable would happen, one day she died. And in a room in 1916, her estate that she left behind, the money and everything included, was valued at 100 million US dollars. Normal or abnormal? 
100 million dollars in what year? 1916. Paul's writing the book of Ephesians to us is to help us not to live like Hetty Green, to be miserly, to be ignorant of God's blessings that is given to us, and to teach us what is your calling, what is the privilege, what are you supposed to do. And for those who know the calling of God and try to exercise it, so that you see them doing great, great, great and mighty things. But for those who do not know, they live like puppets, they don't claim anything, they don't appropriate the blessing of God, even the spirit of God that lives within them. So when we look at the blessings of God, it is for us to understand that Christ went on the cross and gained all of this thing. Like somebody putting money for you in the bank or giving you a house and say, this house is yours, this car is yours, this is yours. Oh, me, how can I drive a Benz? You talk about me. Okay, then walk. Mercedes is yours. It reminds me of an aunt of mine. She was so, I mean, I just can't believe it. She asked her husband, you are the only one who drives all the nice cars in the world. So finally, the husband bought her a Volvo, and I saw it. And she learned how to drive, driving school around Kaneshi and all those places, Dao Domestic. Finally, she decided to take the car to the big one, and she went to Kwame Nkrumah's circle, as it was in those days. She went round twice and promised she would never drive again, and parked her car in the garage and took taxi and suffered. Why? because she was scared. May you not be like that. So what is the scope of the blessings that we find? In Ephesians 1.13, I'll just try and give you the summary because we'll be overlapping this over and over again. So I'll try and just summarize today so I'll go to the other thing. Look at some of the things that we find. So give me, give me the, those A, B, C, D, E. We find very interesting the why, the who, the when to find out the scope of the believer's blessing from Ephesians. I've passed that, I've passed that. Please stay with me, I've passed that quickly. Yeah, now, what is he saying? When were you saved? And when did God put the monies in your bank account? No, we've been doing some very interesting things these days. When children are born and we're having the outdooring, you find people telling the parents, look, I'm giving you this money not to chop, put it, in a bank account for the child. Because you talk to Mr. Ofer and all these financial gurus, anybody who is able to save a few CDs every month can make a million CDs in about 18 to 20 years because of the law of compound interest. That's all I can tell you as a pastor this morning. You can easily become a CD millionaire or dollar millionaire, it's a formula. So when, before you were born, before your mother and father conceived you, God decided to bless you in eternity past. Hallelujah. That's all. What did he decide to do? We learned last week, spiritual blessing. Oh, as for the material blessing, they are there. You see them. The way God values material blessing, they are so, he values them so much that he put them on the ground so that you step on them. Yeah, you step on the gold, you dig the diamond, you see how people suffer before they get the gold galam say, you, you see it. But look, when you have a gift of healing, of teaching, of mercy, of, of tongues, of this, look how you flow and the aura around you. And the demons take note. They may not take note of all the gold chains that you are wearing, <laughs> but <laughs> if you appear there and they will see you, say, hey, I'm a gang Then you see, when I'm a gang, miss, I'm a gang, you see, I'm a gang. They will know something that this one, don't go there. Yes. Because the material is ephemeral. It lasts only for a while. It is important. But to go. But the blessing, the spiritual blessing. So after Abraham and the nephew Lot, the nephew was a character. It's just like any nephew would do. Take anything that you want to take. Take it. The boy looked left and right. Do you say I should take it? Say, okay, take it. I take the green field, that is what I see. The uncle said, okay, you take it. I'm sure Abraham was standing there. God came and said, Abraham, because you have done this, I myself, I God, I'll be what? Your inheritance. My very self, I've given you everything. When God said, sacrifice your son, 
And he sacrificed, he was willing to sacrifice his son, his only son. After he was willing to do that, he said, uh, 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 now I know, now I know. So he inherited a lot. So spiritual blessings. Where are they stored? Heavenly realms. Uh, Bank of Ghana, Bank of England, some islands somewhere, uh, Azores uh, Island. What are some of the islands that we have had where the, where the Hecat, Cayman Islands? You've heard all those names. The Hecat money, those that stay there, the safe havens, the uh, uh, Japa, where, wherever they will go. You hear all kinds of names where those things will go. But it says, <laughs> where moth, thieves, bank managers will never get there. They will never get there. Hallelujah. They will never get there. You think it is true or it's not true? Oh, Mrs. Nate is not here today. She was telling me, Pastor, the day you preached that day and I saw what you were talking about, that people had things that they didn't pray for and therefore they didn't receive and somehow things taught for them that they had put ahead of them. I said, Lord, help me. Let me live a fruitful and productive life. Where? In the heavenly realm. Now, how? How? You see, there are a lot of things that are said in this country, and I, sometimes I try to, to not to say many of them because you're a pastor, and I don't want my people to be tagged as attending a political church. Most people suffered honestly because of me some time ago, so living Christian council, I keep quiet over a lot of things unless we meet as friends. Now, in Christ. So what are some of the things? So, a rumor. And there are lawyers and judges here, so I don't want to embarrass them. So suddenly, somebody has a press conference. And he said, no, somebody calls. Say, you know what? This thing that they are saying we should borrow money doesn't make sense. Because the Bank of Ghana can print money. During COVID, they were broke. We asked them to print money. They printed $2 billion and put it in the system. So what is your problem? They can print more. They said, oh, they printed money in Ghana. The man said, yeah, I called my friend. I called my, you know, Ghana, everybody knows. And they printed it. Of course, it was no news because I was locked down in the USA and we all know that they just printed money and pushed in the system. Finish. There was more money printed and pushed in the system than there was money there available at that time. They can go for it. You can check it out. Okay. So whatever they call inflation, whatever the bank managers do, it's people's money that they are playing games with. Finish. Friends, this one, the bank manager is Jesus Christ. How? He secured it with his blood. He's sitting at the right hand of God making intercession for you. And what is due you is due you. He doesn't need any lawyer, any judge, any valuer, any insurance, any Cayman Island, nothing. He doesn't need any of them. If you read the book of Revelation, it's exciting. I just want to whet your appetite. To know that what we are talking about, what Paul said, you should know the depth, the height, the length, the breadth of what the Lord has done for you. It's un unimaginable. And as you do this, and you see how your spirit will be fed. Let's go to the next one. Now, the scope. Pastor Felix just entered. And the reason why he brought the, they brought the scope, Deuteronomy, is that they know this is what we like. And this is what causes us to be jumping. And this is what causes us to be excited. But I have news for you. You see, uh, friends, sometimes there's something they call intellectual honesty intellectual dishonesty. There's something called responsible as a Jesus, and there's something called uh, just throwing words at people because you read it to titillate their ears. So I had the misfortune of going to school to study the Bible. I also had the misfortune of staying in Israel for three months and studying at Hebrew University and looking at the, the land. I, have a, I, have, I went recently again to see this. Now, Deuteronomy 28 is the summary of what Moses was telling his people. And if anything should catch your attention, it is a if, 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 if. There, it refers to three things. To the nation of Israel, first. Now, these were people who were roaming about in the desert. They had no land that was called theirs. And now God was suddenly giving them a land where they were going to rule themselves and prove to be a responsible nation. They were slaves, 
And for 40 years they were in the desert. Now when you go to the land, this is how you are going to rule. This is what I expect from you. And if you do this, this is what happened. If you don't do it, this is what happened. So the blessing that we said this morning and we're excited about, they gave them three, it referred to three things. One, Israel's relation to the nations of the world. Secondly, as an agricultural nation, what their own endeavors should be and what they will get out of it. Number three, what should be their reputation across the world. So let's take the first one. Israel's relation to the nations of the world. How are you to relate to the nations of the world? Deuteronomy 28, 7. Can we read together? The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. You go on and on and on. Oh, tell me about the book of Joshua. Did it happen? Yes. Amalekites and all those people that go there. What was it about? It was fighting for land. They were gaining possession. The Lord told Joshua, wherever your feet will tread, that I've already, I've already given to you. I've given to you. So just walk there, you will get it. Well, if by extension God has promised it to you, I'll say yes. But I said, if you obey me, this is what I'll do for you. God brought them out from Egypt to the land. And why would he not give you land? Why would he allow you to be squatting and hanging somewhere? I'll give you the land. And I will be the one who will protect you if you listen to me. Now, it's interesting to know that the Israelites did not obey God completely. There were people like the Gibeonites that they didn't chase out, others they didn't chase out, and those people have remained in the land up to today giving them wahala. So they did not obey God completely, and they didn't get it, and they are still suffering from it. Hello? So if God says, obey me and I'll give you, well, obey him. If you do it, you know, the man was asked to strike the arrow how many times? Is it seven times, and he did it, uh, no, just strike. And he did it three times, and he stopped. So why did you stop? Why did you stop? They went to Joshua and said, we are the big tribe. We are the Manasseh, Ephraim. Joseph is our grandfather. Joseph is the, why did you give her this small land? Joshua turned to them and said, if you claim you are as important as you are, as strong as you are, the mountains are there. Go and claim them. Joshua and Caleb fought together. Joshua is now the commander. Caleb, the old man, goes. He didn't say, look, give me, give me a land very nice where the mountains are so I'll retire. He said, Give me this mountain. Then they will know that God is still alive. So that's the first one, the land. Number two, agricultural endeavors and agricultural prosperity. This one alone can take me the whole day. But let me just summarize it. You're traveling from Israel. If you get a chance to go, as some of you have gone, you're traveling from Israel, let's say Jerusalem, to Tel Aviv, to the border. You look on your left, or you're on the left, so you're in Israel. On your right is Jordan. You look, and the vegetation looks the same. And then you begin to wonder, why are trees, so many trees over here? Why is this land bare? And they ask you, who lives there? They say, oh, it's a Jordanian. It's this and that. I say, what? They will tell you. When we read our Bible, when we came to the land, the forests were there. The trees were there. They were so heavy that Absalom's hair was caught in the bush. If there were no trees there, the only rubbish there, would he say be caught in a tree? No. So it means once upon a time, trees grew there. Lord, do it again. Have you ever seen pictures of Israeli farms where they water roots? Have you gone to ShopRite to buy yellow Jaffa oranges from that small country coming to Ghana? Have you seen the agricultural prowess? Have you seen it? Hmm. Abundant prosperity. One time, Melcom, I remember I was living near them. Melcom was broken down around Achimota. And they were looking for help. Oh, that will come as number three anyway. And they really said, we'll help. I think they brought two men and two dogs. Or was it one man and two dogs? They brought, they were not even five. Just one man and two dogs, or two men and two dogs. They helped us solve that problem. Yeah, oh, cry, cry, cry. <laughs> So that is a blessing that God will give you. The agriculture endeavors after today. We have land. The time our supervisor came to Ghana, he saw the land going to the sea. He said, people, are you okay? So yeah, we are okay. He says, what are you doing with this land? Why are you not a breadbasket? That is the prosperity. 
Okay, I'm looking at my time. So this rabbi, Rabbi Nakhleli, I still remember him. He said, you are from Africa. We went for community development. He said, you travel from north to south and tell me where you see the land full of milk and honey. So we did. We went. We came back. He said, we didn't see any land full of milk and honey. He said, yes. You know, in the New Testament, it says, do not cast your pearl before swine. Say, yeah, what does it mean? Are we the pigs? He said, oh, no, no, no. God gives you parables, proverbs, and riddles. The land was bare like this when we came. Yes, the spies saw it by the time we came and even up to now. When we returned in 1948, it was bare. So we figured out something. If it's land full of milk and honey, what does it take to have milk? Oh, yes. You feed your cow. What does the cattle like? Dry savanna grass. And they chew the grass. So they chew the grass. And you put the cows there. You take good care of them. What do you get from cows that are well fed by grass and take care of them? What do you get from cows? You get what? Uh, milk. Thank you. So you work hard, you get milk. Land full of honey. So, okay, what about that one? Oh, okay. So we have 13 to 20 inches of rain a year. The Galilee place. So if you plant fruit trees, tomatoes, and orchard, and all of these things, and the bees come, what do you get from the bees? Honey. So land full of milk and honey means W-O-R-K, work. Africans, have you heard? In fact, we were furious. So friends, before we start jumping, Mirusa, Mirusa, which is good, if it inspires you. So we went to East Jerusalem. I said, why are the people poor over here? Why have you left them here? Why are they here? The simple question the rabbi asked us, who lives here? The people who live here. They are the ones who live here, who throw the rubbish here, who throw the dump here, who, who are the sick ones here. They are the ones. They are the ones who give birth to plenty and we give them allowance to take care of their children. They are the ones who do it. Who is blaming? Why are you blaming? Did I ask somebody to marry four wives and have 20 children they can't take care of? At least I can help them. We came back and said no. We came and reported to our leaders, so they are far advanced than us. People, 1948, they got their independence, they are far advanced than you. Reputation. God as holy. This is where they fail. Give me 26, verse 26. It's there again. God said, I'm doing all of these things so that the people will know that I'm a holy God. I gave you just laws. I gave you a just community so that you will become a model. People will look at your God and say, what God is this? So I will follow him. For the sake of witnessing about the goodness and the love of God. And did they succeed? They didn't. Some of them got it and went into their heads. A few did. And it became a blessing. Say so your carcasses shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and no one shall frighten them away. When you don't disobey, when you disobey me, that's what happened to you. But when you become a blessing, you will lend to many nations, you borrow. I mean, you will give to them. And they do give. So uh, I'm just broaching the topic. Let me go to a few more. Now, because this was a promise over and over and over again, just give me the next slide. Israel's reputation. By the way, somebody asked, how do I know the word of God is true? Whether it's promises or blessing, it's simple. Just look at the nation of Israel. It's there. You go there. If you go there, two things can happen to you. Most of you, when you go there, you see the places they exhibit, you'll be confused. Because uh, they may not believe in God, they may not believe in Jesus Christ, they will not do this and that. But the foundation has been laid. It is in spite of them. It's a covenant. Covenant is a formal agreement between two or more people to work together to reach a common goal. And the covenant was established by God with their father. And their father obeyed. And he obeyed to the point of circumcising his son. Later on, Noah obeyed. And there's a covenant of, circum of a rainbow. And there are many covenants that God had with them and God kept his part. They will not obey. And they will flout all of this. That's why today we have the new covenant. A better covenant. That Jesus Christ died for us. Because for those people, they will not. 
Last year, I told you when we come to Covenant Sunday, we will look at some of the blessings God gave them, and I'll do that for the end. So give me. So by the time they got to the book of Malachi, the holy nation, that part that was manned by the holy people of Israel, the, the, the Levites and all those people, were supposed to administer the nation in such a way that they would take care of the welfare needs, the needs of the people, the prophets who talk to the politicians, the Nathans would be there, the Amazers would be there. Man, the whole nation was so confused because they had followed other gods that they, they didn't know their left from their right. So when the prophets were talking to them, they would not listen. When Malachi came, it, it was like a court trial. They would not listen. So he said, fine. You have even refused. So Malachi. So when you read Malachi, that famous chapter, which we looked at in December. Let me look at it with you again. God is saying, look, these are the things that could have happened for you. You, you give me the first one, then we'll take the verse. The first one. If you keep my covenant, if you are doing what I said you should do, then I'll continue to provide for you. Why? Give me the verse. God is saying simple. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me and see, says the Lord. What was the tithe for? Okay, yeah, pastors go for it again. In a system where there was no welfare, when, if they do it justly, it took care, I heard you, Pastor, I heard you say about the quartet, the quartet that God is always concerned about, the poor, the needy, the orphans, and the strangers. The storehouse of God took care of these needs. Those who had, bring. Even if you don't have, bring. And you see, I'll open the windows of heaven. Because you are enabling God to take care of this society as a just and equitable society. I'm, I'll, I'll do it. But when you stop, when you stop, then the, the Levites, the priests, the pastors, the prophets, will give you prophecies. That helped meet our need. I just had a dream. I just had a dream. What is the Lexus coming? Some of you here, just give me. All right, that is absurd. You can hear it. But there are all kinds of manipulative ways. They, they will do that. So he said, fine. But if they are short of regularly taking care of the needs of the poor and the orphan and the leavers are taking care of, they will follow God and he will provide for a just and equitable set. And I'll tell you, even up to today, it applies. During the COVID, people were threatening and churches were closing down. Oh, provider, they will not provide. Provide help, health, comfort, counseling, premarital, marital, spiritual needs, and insight. All of these services have to be paid for. By who? I don't know. That's the way God provides for it. Now, I did some mathematics, and I think that, uh, Mr. Chairman, we, we, we got something we need to look at. The monies we give to convention, we call it subscription. And it looks as if we are buying some magazine or we are paying some lawyers and accountants fee because they work for us. Now, if we actually designated those as missions, because those monies supposedly go into missions, that's why we had a week of prayer and fasting. They go into uh, uh, building, church buildings, providing for the poor, needing the missionaries. Or Then you add our internal welfare to it. It means this church, whatever you get, about 25% to 30% goes out for mission and evangelism. Let me go to her. So think. Then God as protector, 311. When you haven't done what God wants you to do, who will you go to to go and beg and say, help for me? And I will rebuke the devourer of your, for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail. So, okay. So when I heard the, uh, the, uh, the general praying today, say, Lord, stop them, stop them, stop them. Who, he said, he's praying to the Lord to stop them. So you, you are not doing your part. Which God are you praying to that he should stop Ophirata, stop Bawumia BMW, stop this, stop that. Who, which God? 
out of his kindness or his mercy, he will stop them. But what grounds do you have? You can go to court any day and say, I'm a taxpayer and you are not using my money well because I pay tax. I invested in this. You people, you cannot do this to me. And one man's righteous anger, when he said, I'll kill myself, people say, please, 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 shut down that radio station because we don't want to hear. Yeah, God, he's talking because his money is in it. And somebody wants to, he said, I won't allow it. He will talk. And there were 250 to 300. <laughs> When the 27th of November was declared as all the people who work will go on strike, the government listened. He said, we are workers. They asked the doctors, you swore Hippocratic rule not to go on strike. He said, so it means that I swore to, to die, I'll go on strike. If, if I'll go on strike, I'll wear red. Third one. So you see, if you don't play your part, which God is going to speak for you? I don't know. He may out of his mercy give you the cramp. He shows that you are a worshiper and a participant in the worship. Let me talk this. So, if you do what God wants to do, your tithe and offerings keeps church, keeps charity, keeps welfare going. Missions going. Church, perhaps you didn't know it. In this church, every Wednesday offering and every offering taken when we have lost supper goes into welfare. It's in, out. There are people who depend on it. We are not getting it, so they are not getting it. But it means what? You are participating in the worship and the ministry of God providing for that quartet. The poor, the needy, the orphans. And they're here. Number four. four. Worshipper benefits from God's promises. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Just look at that one. Let's read it together. Proverbs 3. God has promises. As you saw, a lot of the things that he says, or the thing that God says, what he has done on his part, he has done it for you. But he wants you to play your part. Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. Then, 10. Then see what? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with wine. Some call it first fruit. Some call it apostrophe, tithe, or whatever they call it. He said, you, then, okay, test him and see. I don't know how he's going to do you, how he will look, make it look like, but the promise is there for you. Don't go and claim the Israeli land one when you have not done your part. The last one, the worshiper receives more benefits from the Lord. Luke 16, 10. Look at this promise. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust. <laughs> so God gives you copper coin, coin. He gives you paper. He gives you dollars. He gives you CDs. And say, give me some, give me some. Say, me mao, me mao, I won't give you. So you expect me to give you more. The more I give you, the more you step on me. Let me finish with that, my famous story, which is a true story. So this guy saw me in traffic. Press on, pastor, said, to victory. How are you? Fine. Then he said, I was a Calvarian. I said, you were a Calvarian. So you don't come again? He said, no. Why? He said, traffic. So, because uh, of this taxi. He said, taxi, which taxi? So I used to come for restoration, restoration to ask God to give me a breakthrough. And God helped me. I bought this taxi. So it's difficult not to come. It's difficult to come to church. I said, really? So, so the traffic light changed from red to green. I said, go. So he, he, he went ahead of me, and I was following him. And I saw the car, Opel Cadet, one point, what's it, 1.3. And the thing was already smoking. I said, oh, my God. So he gave this guy, Opel Cadet, 1.3, second hand or third hand. And look at his behavior. The time you give him a new car, you punch up my tire. Say, Pastor, no more. All right. My friends, what else can I say? Today is Covenant Sunday. God, times are difficult. But let's say this. If times are difficult, the solution we have is praying to God for wisdom. But the solution we have is faithfulness to God. Today we want to look at the covenant and we have to look at the card and I will be done. 
Now, give two cards to everybody. I'll explain the cards first. You have, you have a church copy, and you have one to drop in the offering basket. Some of you have it already. Does anybody have a card? They give you a card. It should have been two. Yeah, they will give, they'll give you a second one. You, ha you have two, or you have one. This year, our theme is Rooted Disciple. Some goals of the Rooted Disciple. Now, I've been here long enough, so you know me, I hope. Those who have been long enough, right? I try not to tell you who your stories. On the first page, or you see name, telephone number, date of, date, date of birth. By date of birth, we mean the day you were born. So, like me, 9 February. You don't have to add whether you were born 2010 or 1949 or uh, whatever, so that we know you are. If you want to put it, it's optional. But all that we are looking for is something that will enable somebody to call you on your birthday and wish you happy birthday. You don't want to know how old you are. If you put it, it's extra. Now, the campus, so I will collect it according to campus, the chapel or the service you attend. Then the last one there, can you read it with me? The last one on that page. Do you consent to a pastor's call to check on you on your goals. One of the things that has been found to be helpful to our growth is accountability. Can we say the word together? Accountability. These cards are meant for somebody to check on you. And it's your choice. If you consent, say yes and put it in the offering basket. If you don't consent, well, uh, it's between you and God. God will remind you in your dream, in your sleep. Your computer can remind you. But look at some of the things that we are saying. Look, at, go, go to the back. My commitment in 2023. So you get two. You, you forget about the forms yet and look at the back. Look at the back. This small card, I believe, can help us, by God's grace, help one another to stay focused in these dangerous times. There are four items there, which we believe are disciplines which when we commit ourselves to them, could help us by God's grace, stay focused, stay rooted in the Lord. Because the times in which we live, only God can help us. Number one, a daily time with God. So you put down once a week, twice a week, 10 times a week, it's up to you. Whatever you write and you put down is what we will use to call you. Oh, you promised to do this and that. Are you doing it? Number two, there are some people who are paid weekly or some people who make money daily. There are some who are paid fortnightly. There are some who are paid monthly. There are some who are paid half yearly. I'll give a week, a month, a quarterly. We put it tithe. Tithe is just a term to mean you are giving. It's a religious term. Everybody understands tithe. Tithe does not mean strictly 10%. I've said this and I've been misunderstood. If tithe means 10%, so it means if you see Pastor Fred's tithe and you multiply it by 10% and that tells you how much I'm paid, then you've done very well. So you can be multiplying and find out. It's not I pay more than tithe, but it's the term we use. So you write what you think. I'll give my tithe and offering to God. I'll give a week, a month, a quarter. But there are some who say, oh, I end it monthly, quarterly. Fine. But we're asking you, what do you think you can do under God? Third one. There's nobody who becomes a Christian and stays alone. Even arm robbers, they have learned to work with other arm robbers. So that when they fall down, one will pick them up to the hospital or go and hide them somewhere. All right, so our commitment to you is to encourage everybody this year to belong to a sheepfold, a fellowship, a group, an auxiliary. And they must know you, and you must be known. Bear you one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, what is missing here, it will come next week. There's a card that we're supposed to receive. The verses are missing. So write. 
to fellowship with my sheepfold group of Silari. So those who belong to Sunday school class, just put it at least twice a month, once a month, or whatever you want to do. Number four, a disciple who will pray the praise meeting, missing who will pray for and win one, two, or three persons to the Lord a month, six months, or a year. We believe under God. I mean, our prayer pastors went on retreat. We looked at this. We came back again. We looked at this. We believe that four of these basic things, if only you commit yourself to one, two of them, and you allow us to pray for you and monitor you, you will not be like Hetty Green. The Lord will surprise you. Because there's a condition. If only you will obey. Now, our recommended daily guide, our recommended book that guides you daily, is daily guide. You can use anyone that you want to use. But that way of just taking the Bible and opening it, let me tell you. So the man took the Bible, and he opened it, and that's an old story. He said, and Judas killed himself. So no, this one is not good. So he opened another page, said, whatever you find to do, do and do and do likewise. He said, no. Then he said, he who swears and changes his mind is not worth the kingdom. So the three, were they telling him to go and cut his leg or kill himself? No. But a systematic Bible study guide, daily bread, daily guide, daily power, Pastor Kinsley will talk to more, more about this, will help us all. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We are here today to look at the scope of the blessings. As for the blessings, you have them. And they are for us. We don't need the blessings when we come to heaven. You don't spend our money there. But our faithfulness is what matters to you. Help us not to be hearers of the word only, but doers as well. Amen. So we'll go to the church covenant as I go to the big house to go and continue.